Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for Everymind. Money and mental health are often linked and worrying about money can make your mental health worse and you can easily find yourself struggling to cope. This week, Paul met Lloyd McGee, director of Invictus Wealth Consultants to discuss how employers can help support employees with their personal finances, promote emotional and financial well-being at work and the best way to approach this often taboo subject in the workplace. If you think Everymind at Work could help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and give us a five-star review on iTunes. And as ever, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this month's webinar. We're going to be talking about money worries in the workplace. But before we do, I'm just going to give it a couple more seconds to let some more people join. And if you can, in the chat box, let us know if you can see both me and Lloyd and hear me loud and clear as well. So just give me a yes in the chat box, a hello, whatever you want to, to say. Good to see you here, Sharon. Um, we've got Anna, good to see you here as well. We've got Vicky, good old Sam is is out and about, ready to drop you with more resources in today's session. We've got Madison, Rebecca, we've got lots and lots of people joining now, guys. Um, Debbie, good to see you here as well. Over 100 people too. So today's session, as we've said, is going to be on money worries in the workplace and how HR and businesses can better support the financial well-being of their employees. And we're very lucky that we're joined by Lloyd. This is not going to be me giving you any financial advice. Do not worry whatsoever. Um, but, but today's session is going to be similar to another session that we run with our head of psychology, Dr. Lauren Callahan, on suicide and crisis management in the workplace. It's going to be a Q&A between me and Lloyd, and you're going to have an opportunity to jump in and ask some questions as well. So before we start, I'm going to bring Lloyd in. Lloyd, do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction to everyone here on the webinar today about who you are and what you do? Hi, everyone. Um, <clears throat> hope you're having a good day already. Um, so I am a financial advisor. I've been a financial advisor since 2013. Um, and I run a business called Invictus Wealth Consultants, um, and we are based in not so sunny Horsham at the moment. <laughs> Is it not sunny for you there? It's not. It's overcast. We've got a nice. We got a nice day here, I and mean, I'm not that far from you, so we might send it. Might send it your way soon. Um, but yeah, no. So me and Lloyd have we connected about? Would you say about a year ago now, Lloyd? I'd say maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe about a year and a half ago, I would have thought. Um, and Lloyd's really bought into what we do at Every Mind at Work and has, you know, become a friend and is someone that I trust to join us on this session today to give you guys some advice. Um, so we'll dive a little bit more into that in just a, in just a bit, Lloyd. Um, but I'm Paul, the, the founder of Every Mind at Work, and Every Mind at Work is a mental health partner for organizations ranging from organizations like the co-op and weights down to some SMEs as well. And really, our mission is to just try and encourage conversations of mental health in the workplace and proactively support your employees and support you guys as well, HR professionals, if you're on this. Um, we know there's a lot of overwhelm. There's a lot of confusion about what to do with mental health and well-being, and we're here to support you with that. And, and mental health is very close to my heart after personally losing my, my dad to suicide when I was 18, and um, we're a very, very purpose-driven business as well. So I'd say you're in good hands, but um, I don't want to sound arrogant by saying that. But if you've joined our recent sessions, you'll know in every single webinar that we deliver, we give away some free resources for you, for your employees. And in the last session, we gave away two self-awareness PDF handouts, the Wheel of Life, and also a values exercise. If you joined us in the last session, um, you would have done that exercise as well. You can also go back and get that if you already haven't got that. Um, if you just go to everymindatwork.com forward slash burnout, you're going to be able to download those free resources to help your employees manage burnout at this 
difficult time as well. Can I just get a yes if you was on last month's webinar? Just want to like to see how many of you was on last month's webinar. Cool, so seeing some yeses coming in. Nice. And as always, we wanted to up the ante once again and give you some more free resources and free value in today's session as well. And what we've done is we've actually worked with Lloyd creating a five-day video series, a financial health check for your employees. And this was something that we recorded, I'd say, you know, over a month ago, wasn't it, Lloyd? And it was creating five videos that would be beneficial for your employees to help them really get on top of their finances and manage that almost financial strain that a lot of them might be experiencing. So as simple as this, at the end of this webinar, guys, we're going to pop the link into the chat box. That link, you can share it with your employees. You can share it however you want to share it. They'll be taken straight to this five-day video series, and these videos will definitely help them. Um, Lloyd, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on what they're going to get from these videos in particular? Yeah, so the idea of the, of the, of the five sessions um, is really just to enable people to start sort of reviewing and looking at the sort of the, the basic things that people can look at from a sort of just simple budgeting point of view, setting goals and, and really trying to help people and empower them just to sort of start taking more control over their finances and evaluating where they are and, and, and where they want to go. And also as well, just to highlight with every single video, there's also a downloadable guide, a downloadable PDF. So again, if they haven't got time to watch, watch the videos and they're only short videos, they can grab the guide, download the resources, and there's lots of important information in there too. So stay in the end of this webinar. We'll pop that link in the chat box and you can use it, share it with your employees, and hopefully it's some free value that they're going to benefit from as well. Before we also do that, before we also crack on, I've been asked to ask you this question, guys. Um, what would you like to see us discuss in future sessions? So just put that in the chat box now. What topics would you like us to discuss? What experts could we bring on to help you help your employees? So just think about that now. Put it in the chat box whenever you're ready. What would you like to see us discuss in future sessions? We've already spoken about imposter syndrome in the past, crisis management, dealing with burnout. We're obviously talking about financial well-being now as well. But it's really, really important for us that we figure out a little bit more about what you'd like to see so we can try and deliver as much value to you as possible in these future sessions. So we're getting some lots of good suggestions coming in at the moment. And I'm going to leave that to the team to pick up. Um, but keep them coming in, guys. If you can think of anything, just keep putting them in the chat box and we're going to pick those up and hopefully we're going to start to deliver you some more topics that you're obviously going to be interested in as well. Good stuff. So moving on to financial well-being, a recent survey by Salary Finance highlighted that 40% of UK employees are worried about money more so than their relationships, health or career. That for me is quite a staggering, staggering statistic. This was um, a, a recent study that obviously Salary Finance did. 40% of UK employees are worried about money, more so than relationships, health or career. So we're already starting to see here from this one statistic how much of an impact financial concerns have on employees and how much that can impact their overall mental health. And then even more staggering, I think, looking at this statistic in general, the same research also identified that employees with financial stress were 3.8 times more likely to suffer from anxiety and panic attacks and 4.9 times more likely agree with the statement, I feel depressed and find it difficult to carry on with life. So essentially, when we're looking at finances and financial well-being and um, Lloyd and myself are going to dig a lot deeper into this in today's session, it's something we don't really talk about. It's something that we might shy away from. And at the same time, when it comes to financial concerns, how much 
of an impact does that have on our mental health and then also our ability to work and our ability to be creative, our ability to, to really sort of bring as much as we possibly can into the workplace. So there's, for me, a lot more that we need to be doing around financial well-being in organizations. And again, this session is there to help you with that. So what can we do to support our employees with their finances? And of course, Lloyd's obviously here to answer a lot of these questions. So what I'm gonna do actually, guys, I'm gonna sh stop sharing our slides just so it's full screen with me and Lloyd. And Lloyd, first question that I've got is, I talk a lot about the stigma around mental health, right? And how we might not know there's a mental health challenge because of the stigma, the silence, people don't really wanna talk about it. And I think we can sometimes look at financial well-being in the same way. Like money is quite a dirty word for a lot of people, they don't wanna talk about it. So if we're in a, a position of being in HR, um, how do we even know when our employees are struggling financially? Like, how do, can we spot the signs? So I, I would I would say that sort of financial um, financial issues um, are probably the same as sort of mental well-being in terms of people. I think because finances are, are a very personal thing, um, very seldomly do I meet people that sort of run around sort of talking about their, their finances and that they've got this or that or, or, or so forth. So um, <clears throat> I think it's maybe looking at um, looking at that individual and are there any sort of um, signs that are outside of the norm in terms of um, people's attitude? Are they being late to work? Are they having sick days? I think um, <clears throat> I think particularly with with absence, it might be easy to assume that, oh, oh, well, there's just a leave of absence because of X, Y, and Z. But I've certainly seen um, in the past um, a company that, that I worked with um, for, for a period of time, um, basically they contacted me because one of their employees had gotten to a point where effectively they, they didn't even have enough money to put fuel in their car anymore to turn up to the office. So I think it's it's looking at those particular signs. Are there any sort of changes um in terms of how that person say may have been um and could it and asking the question to yourself could that be something that's sort of financially related but even then it's still i would say that <clears throat> when people have financial issues typically the first person they probably don't want to talk to about it is either someone at work or, or maybe their line manager etc um so there are challenges uh, around that but i think um just being open and honest and trying and have a conversation and, and see if there are um, any sort of telltale signs if they mention well I'm I'm struggling financially or mention debt um, or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think you know like you you've touched on debt there. I think for a lot of people that are experiencing debt, the the burden that they sort of carry with that, um, and also I think there's a really important word when it comes to financial concerns of shame, like the shame that they might be carrying because of the situation that they might be in, and. The amount it then takes for them to ask for that support, I'm sure, is is, is very very difficult. Um, so, firstly, I think you know, in that example of someone not being able to put fuel in their car and you being alert, that company being alerted to that, then uh, what advice would you give to try and almost get more people talking about finances in the workplace? Like we do a lot of awareness work around mental health. Would you say that's quite similar when it comes to financial well-being as well? Yeah, I think um, I. I mean, something I'm a 
I'm a I'm a big advocate for is is just education in general. Um, and I think particularly with with finances in the UK, it is very much learned from people around you. So that could be family members, etc. Um, <clears throat> certainly, when I when I went to school, I mean I unless I missed a session, I, I don't remember ever leaving school knowing how to open a bank account, um, let alone sort of important things that I might come across in life that I might need like a like a mortgage or, or, or something along those lines. So I think um, it's just helping educate people. And, and, and for me, the, the thing that concerns me the most um, on, on what people do or don't know um, is just basically some people feel very enclosed and they don't think that they've got any options. I mean, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Um, about four years ago, um, I sat down and had a had a chat with someone in a in a sort of thirty minute session, um, just just us individually. And basically, it turned out they they were working a second job. Their employer didn't know about it, um, and it turned out they um, basically had some debt. Um, their partner. It was um, a story of he was in his overdraft every month pay packet goes in tops it up to zero and then day one in the overdraft again and they were being charged some exuberant exuberant amount of of overdraft fees um and just even sort of exploring a conversation saying well have you considered consolidating your 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 debt have you have you looked at that and, and they said to me i didn't even know i could do that and i think some things that that some people might take for granted in terms of, oh, well, people must know that you, you can and can't do this. Well, well, actually, I wouldn't assume anything because, um, again, it's not it's something that is learned from 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 family and, and, and your environment. So I think that's an important thing to bear in mind when when talking to people is that if, say, for example, if you spend all your money every month or if you're a good saver or if you do X, Y, and Z, I would say don't assume that other people are, 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 like, are like that because I've found that everyone does things completely differently. Yeah, we all have different, you know, we've spoken about before, financial habits and, you know, the education around finances is all completely different. Um, but I, I'm thinking specifically as HR professionals, um, I'm sure – there's lots of HR professionals that might have been in uh, and it, it had an experience with an employee that might be struggling financially. And I can only imagine the almost, what do I do? Because as you said, yeah. there's lack of education around finances in particular, but also in that situation, I mean, you as a financial advisor, you have that education, but someone in a HR position who doesn't, you know, what can they do? So again, kind of in your experience as HR professionals, what can they do to try and help someone with their finances? Um, so I think it's really understanding what what help is out there for people. So it really depends on on what what stage of the journey they're at. I mean, it could be it could be in relation to anything. It could be, it doesn't necessarily have to be debt. I mean, the, the things that we see that, that tends to sort of cause people stress could be things like divorces and so forth. So I think it's... Um, maybe having an idea of where you might be able to sign people to signpost people to um, and just sort of being able to listen um, and hopefully sort of put them in touch with with the right people or organizations. I mean, um, with with debt management, uh, et cetera, I've seen someone in the chat has put gambling. That's something that I've, I've sort of come across um, quite frequently as well with, with companies with underlying sort of concerns. But um, there are a lot of sort of like debt management charities and helplines out there where, um, they can they can assist people, um, and I think it's really thinking about what is the internal process in terms of if someone comes to us and they are really in in fa- sort of dire straits financially, 
do we what what do we have in place where we can effectively signpost them so they can get the right help mm. is there is there some good resources out there that you can share or if we put it together i know you've got the we've got the five video series that we'll be sharing out but i guess it's so individual as well like you say but is there like a to make HR professionals feel more confident or whoever's dealing with someone struggling with finances, is, is there something that you'd recommend? Um, I, I, mean, I I personally think that some of the governmental websites um, can, can be quite useful. Um, again, people, people don't realize there's actually quite a lot of information on, on pages like Citizens Advice and, and so forth where um, they'll be able to sign, signpost people. Um, so, but again, I think it's, it really depends on, on, on the individual because each circumstance is going to be completely different. Um, I would probably suggest doing some research and, and looking at having, um, having a, a number of different options to signpost people to at different points if they come to you at a particular stage. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So yeah, again, it's, it's such an individual thing. It's like you say, it's very similar to mental health and there are signposts and options, but again, it's like figuring out what's there and, and maybe just doing a bit of research yourself to find out what options there are for employees or for anyone who might, might come to you as well. Um, I'm just going to jump into the chat box because there's quite a lot coming in. James says Lloyd's case study is interesting. I guess we need to ensure managers don't give financial advice and do the right signposting, which Lloyd's just said. Um, I think that's really important as well, Lloyd, isn't it? It's like you said, we've all got different education and different mindsets around money and what we do with our money. So if I'm a manager giving advice to someone to put money here and do this and do that without being a financial advisor, it can sometimes be a bit more dangerous than that manager showing them compassion and signposting to someone like mm -hmm. you, credentials to be able to help. Yep. And, um, and I, would, I would say, I mean, in my experience, that's, that's quite, I find that particularly in HR, that's quite a prevalent thing on, on most people's mind in terms of, I know, uh, I know the one thing that, that people in HR get inundated with is, is questions on pensions. And I know there's a fine line between sort of effectively informing someone and sort of overstepping and it potentially being advice. But I think, again, if you've got, if you've got the right things in place that you can just sign, signpost people to where it's information or information only or other organisations, et cetera, um, and know that they're hopefully going to get the best support from that, then, then I think that's that's good to have. Yeah, for sure. Just seeing a couple more interesting things in the chat box, if you've got your eye on that as well, guys. I like this. Lorna says, Scouts have recently introduced their first ever financial awareness badge. We'll be doing this for my Cubs group in autumn. I really like that. Um, and then also, Kate says, MSE and Open University have a free course available on finances. Um, a couple of questions coming in as well, which I'll save and come back to. But if we're staying in the realms of like, what can a business do? What can um, HR professionals do? What can managers do? I think there's a real misconception that the only way to help someone with their finances is to pay them more. Like you said, you know, as a company is, are you going to be the person that they come to if they're struggling financially? Um, so apart from obviously the obvious of I'm going to give you more money as your salary, what are some key points that again, companies can do to try and help people? I mean, but before I answer that, I mean, just to come back to that, I, I would say as well, I, I would say that probably isn't for, for most people that is probably not going to help them at all. Because, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the, those stories on the news that someone wins the lottery one day, three years later, they've, they've, they've spent it all. And I think, again, this just goes back to the sort of education piece and people's understanding and, and mindsets, because 
Um, I think it's the sort of saying that potentially the, the more money you have, the, the bigger the toys get in, in that sense. It just becomes a number to, to spend every month for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my biggest concerns around debt is I think you go back a, a decade or two and, and if you wanted something, obviously you could go to the bank and get a loan, but in the main you'd probably have to save up and, and, and pay for it. But now everything's instantaneous. You can you can finance pretty much everything now and pay it, whether it's over a period of time or, or three months. So um, I think a lot of it come, comes back to um, the education piece. So I think having like well-being sessions or, or having like a, a focus for a month where it might be um, a particular focus on a piece of um, financial well-being that, that might help people or bringing in um, external resources. Or I think one of the things that, that does help um, companies that have got, say, mental health first aiders, um, sort of making it known that if anyone wants to sort of just have a have a chat with them, um, not that they can obviously sort of give them advice, but if they know where to signpost people to as well um, and really sort of try and incorporate it, maybe have like learning lunches where people will come in and give a talk on a, on a particular area. I noticed one of the comments in, in the chat talks about sort of like um, banks and, and, and stuff like that coming into to, to provide sessions and, and so forth. So um, I think just basically laying on anything that you can that is going to help raise awareness. Again, companies, pension providers, they'll be able to come in and give talks on the pension scheme. And I, f- I find, <clears throat> I think if you can help people understand the, the, the benefit of, of, say, the pension scheme or what is available and you can educate them on what's available. I know it's one of the questions quite early on, I think, before you started talking, is, is how do you drive um, people to take up like um, more of the well-being incentives at work? And I think that all comes down to how things are communicated. Um, so really sort of like try and gear up and get as many people on there as possible. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And again, you know, one of the questions that's come in that I've just picked out, and we will do a Q&A at the end, guys, or you can ask Lloyd any questions that you want. Um, I've just picked this one out because I think it's it's kind of, you know, it, it's on topic of what we're discussing here. It's from Anna, um, who who says that how how do you start the conversation in the workplace about financial well-being against the backdrop of paying charity salaries and no pay awards for 18 months? I'm prepared for some challenge, but don't want the conversations to appear um, as a provocation. I can't I'm, I can't pronounce that word. That's terrible. Um, my English is obviously not very good as my financial intelligence. So with that question, I think it's a really important question because it's similar to like mental health. I've been told many times, Paul, if you come and do a talk for my organization, are you going to open up a can of worms? Are you going to get people talking about their mental health, which causes an issue in the business and causes a bigger issue than they thought they had in the first place? So with that being said, if, if a company starts doing more about financial well-being and they get that sort of challenge back, have you had any experience with that or seen, seen that happen and what, and what can they do? Um, I would just say it probably boils down to positioning, and, and I would honestly say the the, the experiences that I've had um, over the last eight years have, have only been positive ones. And I think, um, although financials are sort of very sensitive, I think in in the right environment where um, where people do sort of feel they can either talk about them, or whether there's exercises that sort of people go through where where they're learning new skills and they take away and use them. Actually, I think. Um, I think that's invaluable, and I would just say it's it's to to do with the the, the positioning. And I, I would say now, from a timing perspective, it's probably better than any because I mean the last 
12, 18 months of the pandemic. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm aware that depending on the companies and the sectors, there's been redundancies, obviously there's been furlough, flexi furlough, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think because so much has changed within that time in general, I think now is probably a good time for people to start talking about it. And if we are going back into a new sense of normality, or A, what does that new normality look like? Because again, people might find that if they're now working from home three days a week rather than being in an office five days a week, they might actually save a little bit more money. What what can they then do with it? Do with that? Um, uh, so yeah, I think it's it's just around the positioning and and, and just making sure that people know that it's going to be a, a a good resource and it's not a case of that. Um, um, it's not like going to be like provocative or, or or anything like that. Yeah, and I think on that question, just from my point of view, Anna, as well, it's knowing that you're probably you're probably going to get some challenges, as you've said, but it's weighing up. Can I experience the challenges versus if we don't talk about financial well-being for the next two years, how much of an impact is that going to have on our employees as well? Um, yeah. I think it's similar to mental health. Like you know, we can we can avoid it, and we won't get challenges if we put stuff out there, but is that the right strategy longer term? You know, how much of an impact is you 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 doing so I'm going to do? And and also Debbie put in the, the, the chat box, which I thought was a really good way of positioning, which you've just said, Lloyd, as well, is we always get challenged back when we focus on financial well-being. So we've changed the focus to financial education. So again, I think education is more like you're willing to provide them with some tools to manage their finances rather than financial well-being focus on your financial well-being what are we doing as an organization oh we can't we can't you know help you there so i think that position in there is 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 a really good one um and with that you know moving on from that i want to talk about financial education because you said you know walked out of school not knowing how to open up a bank account you know i always say i walked out of school knowing how to play the recorder and um <laughs> you know how many countries there are in the world but no one prepared me for dealing with grief at 18 or like you said, debt. You know, I was, I was in debt when I first started my, my first business. Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for any of that. I didn't have the financial education or the understanding. The only education that I had was watching my mum and dad's behaviors with money. Right. Which why, you know, my dad was, was, was very, very tight with his money. My mum, you know, was a, someone who took any job, like a cleaning job, care a job whatever it was to make a bit of money to buy me the latest Liverpool kit right so again two completely different personalities when it comes to money so you know looking at that I mean how important do you think financial financial education is for for, for humans for us well I, I think it's incredibly important I mean I, I uh, personally the thing the thing that concerns me the most at the moment um, I would say so talking on the on the topic of debt is if if you think that um, well, since sort of the, the mid to late two thousands, I mean, we, we've lived in a world where interest rates have been have been ridiculously low. Um, and and if you, um, I mean, when you talk to people that have had property, say in in the late eighties, um, when interest rates were as high as say fourteen percent, and you hear stories of people having to sort of go into the bank and say, "Well, here's my house keys because I can't afford to pay the mortgage anymore." Um, I mean, it, it concerns me that that I think there's a at least some of the younger generations that are just so used to write everything on finance and everything's loans, debts, Klarna or whatever um, the sort of the, the payment tools are are there that are out there. Um, I think as as soon as they're 
there could be changes from an interest rate point of view. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are in debt that are going to be in for quite a big, quite a big shock. So for me, like education is super important because I think particularly, I think the younger we can, we can educate people, but full stop, I think any education, whatever age is, it is still good. I think it's going to, going to help people to make more informed decisions and actually think about what they're doing and not only what the benefit is now, i.e. great, I'm going to go out and um, buy, buy a new car and finance, but also think about what, what the sort of potential scenarios might be in the future or what happens if I can't afford to pay that car finance and, and so forth. So I think, I think education for me is, 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 is number one. It's, it's super important. Yeah. And I think again, touching on that, you know, I think it was, it was Debbie, I might be wrong here, but um, Debbie mentioned about the taboo and the stigma around financial well-being being worse than what it is around mental health. Right. Um, and I think when you're looking at how do you tackle stigma, uh, you know, I use mental health as an example. How do you tackle the stigma of mental health? education like you've got to get them to see it in a different way you know i didn't i didn't understand it because my education leading up to my dad was you know mental illness only affects a tiny amount of people and you never have to worry about that stuff um so then for the way for me to start to look at mental health in a different way i have to re-educate myself and and i'm, I'm sure it's the same with finances the way you tackle that taboo and that stigma is we have to re-educate ourselves on that um and i know that you, you've got i don't know if you did in the end but um plans of writing you know kids books on finances so do you think it starts really early like at school yeah yeah definitely um so uh on 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 the book front i've, I've written the book i just need to um get some get some illustrations done and, and effectively try and get it published but um yeah i think it really does 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 start at an early age um and i actually i mean just in a general point i think if it was, if children were educated younger, I think it would probably solve a lot of the problems that that, that we have um, at, at the moment in terms of people that do really struggle with with finances because they've been taught taught different options. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not sort of trying to say that kids at school need to learn like um, I don't know really complicated stuff like what's what's the pension lifetime allowance or or anything like that, but just the sort of basic things that are gonna. Um, equip us for life for our day-to-day yeah and i think again you know talking about education as well guys when we pop that link in at the end of this webinar you know that's five videos that's educational focused looking at again how do you track your spend how do you start to know where that money's going where the money's coming in and then at the same time you know lloyd will then set them on a plan of what they can start to do to really um take control of their finances so you know that there was a focus on let's create something educational for your employees so you know i think that's that's hugely important i want to ask you one more question lloyd um before you know i'm going to open up the floor in a minute but we'll jump back to the slides as well we spoke a little bit about you know if you've won the lottery and you're still more likely to misspend your money as an example um and someone did mention as well i think i saw debt could be 10 pound for some people it could be ten thousand pound for others right or a hundred thousand people for others as well and i think that concept in itself is really important because i'm guessing from a company point of view if i know that someone is earning a very high salary there's probably this naivety that they don't need to worry about finances like they're, they're okay so they're they're in that safe area and i don't need to worry about them all i need to worry about is the ones that are maybe on the lower salary um what do you think of that because again you know if someone's paid a lot should we worry about them are they still important when it comes to finances or do we should we just think okay they've, they've got it covered they own a lot of money 
No, I think um, I think it's it's just as important. Again, I've, I've sat down over the years with many different people that earn varying degrees amounts of money, and you meet people that that earn sort of six figure salaries, and then you sort of ask them, well, what have you got in terms of assets and savings and so forth? And the effective answer um, I've seen in the past is, is zero. That they, they um, live live based on what goes into their account each month, and I think. Just in general, I think with um, with the sort of society that we, we live in at the moment, I mean, whether it's social media or whether your next door neighbour's got a new car or whatever, I think there is even more pressure for a lot of people now to sort of keep up with the Joneses in terms of, well, well I've got to be seen to be doing this. And, and that can actually drive drive debt in, in, in quite a few scenarios I think in terms of right I need to I need to finance this new car or so forth or I need to really stretch myself and get as big a mortgage as possible so I can go and buy a buy a bigger house or or something like that rather than potentially maybe just being happy with what they've got for the time being, saving some money and then trying to do that at a later date when it might be more more sort of comfortable. I mean sadly I had to I met some people sort of during the last sort of twelve to eighteen months where um, there's a particular couple that I met um, and sadly one of them had been been made redundant um, the other one had um, been put on furlough and I mean I was really worried for them because I mean they had so much unsecured debt their mortgage was pretty much as high as it could be um, and by the time I'd met them pretty much everything was already on a payment holiday so they were sort of just sort of keeping by at that point um, and yeah, uh, I mean, sort of the, the person that had been made redundant, I basically said, look, I would really be considering trying to get a job doing whatever you can do at, at this point in time, because getting some money through the door is going to be better than the no, the no money, quite mm-hmm. frankly. So yeah, um, I would be just as just as concerned. Yeah, and again, you know, I think lots of links again back into mental health there. That you know, just because someone's a top performer or someone's a CEO does not mean they're they're um immune to mental illness right you know it's going to be the same so i again i think like you've just said there no matter how much money they're potentially making within your organization you know everyone could be at risk of financial worries and financial concerns and everything that comes with that as well um we've spoken about this and i'll just just quickly share personally you know my 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 experience with money was like you know when i first started my first business it was just purely as you said right i'm earning more money now so i'm going to buy get a bigger house i'm going to rent bigger house i'm going to buy a fancier car and everything and i got myself into a very very difficult situation with with money so much so that you know i had to just be honest with my my wife and at that time and be like you know i'm i'm struggling and and that sort of shame that comes with that i think is why so many people ignore their debt and ignore their money worries right and that was all like you said keeping up with the joneses making sure that i had a nice house making sure that everything was was fine and the reason why i started to do the mental health work was because i learned that and i stripped all of my expenses all the way back so then you're not chasing it you're not you can do something you love you can do something you're passionate about um and and not so much worry about as you say chasing that next that next bit of money because you have such a high expensive lifestyle that you're living so um, I think that's hugely, hugely important for, for people to realize as well. Mm-hmm. So let me um, let me come back to the slides now, guys. If you've got any questions, think about them now. Um, don't put them in the chat box just yet. Um, I'll come to them in just a second. But I really want to sort of touch on a little bit more here. There's some really good questions coming in already, which I'll pick up on. But for joining us today, what we're doing at Every Mind at Work is 
we're going to be offering a, a well-being webinar that we deliver to to our clients and you know these well-being webinars i'll elaborate on more just a little bit we run various different topics they're all interactive we use anonymous polling during the sessions to be able to anonymously find out how your employees are feeling or how they approach a certain sort of topic of well-being and what we're doing for the attendees of this session only is if you will book a well-being session with every mind what we're going to do is we're also going to give you a financial well-being webinar and session with lloyd completely free so these are sessions that lloyd will typically charge for but he'll come into your organization deliver obviously an online webinar um, to give them some tips on finances as well and that's a one hour webinar to help them with their financial well-being so when it comes to the webinars that we deliver the sessions that we deliver there's so many different topics and I saw some names. I've delivered talks and we've delivered talks to, to some of you here already on core mental well-being, mental health, you know, resilience, goal setting, stress management, mindfulness, imposter syndrome. We've got sessions on goal setting, returning to work. There's so many sessions that we've now created and deliver to many different organizations. And the cost for a webinar is 500 pounds for um, you guys if you obviously take that up today and again the special deal there is when you take on one webinar you also get another one for free and that session will be with Lloyd to help your employees with their finances as well so guys if you want to find out more about that I'm going to drop my email in the chat box um, and we can obviously pick that up just drop me an email paulm at everymindatwork.com for that just let me know special offer buy one well-being session and then you'll get the financial well-being one for free we didn't want to end it there. Um, we also have decided to offer a free month free trial to our Wellbeing app. So the EveryMind app is there to basically support your employees in a proactive way anonymously. It's mental health support in their pockets whenever they need it, sits on their phone. We completely brand it to your business. And it's really a supportive tool for them to help them with their mental health. You know, and again, there's lots of different topics on there from financial well-being to resilience um, and more as well. And this three month trial is something that we used to do. We've pulled it um, for the last, I'd say, eight to 12 months. Um, but definitely sort of get in touch if you want to find out more about that. Um, easy sign up. Super, super simple for your employees to sign up to the app. This is only on the app itself rather than our training and our workshops. Doesn't take them long at all to sign up to the application. And really the benefits of what we're trying to create is the EveryMind score, the data that you're going to get. The, the data is simply for us a way of helping you anonymously find out where your employees need a bit more support. And then as a team, we'll try and support that for you to, to highlight some of the key areas that they might need some more training and support with as well. Personalizing all the content to them and obviously delivering those online wellbeing sessions too. And for all of our partners that might be here today, one of the key things that um, we really sort of try to be is more than more than a service provider. Um, what we mean by that is we're more than just an app. You get a customer success representative that will manage your organization to help you with your strategy and help you get the most out of this relationship. Um, we'll deliver a free launch session for your employees. We provide well-being comms throughout the whole year. So whether it's like free resources, if you think that we give a lot of free resources away on these webinars, um, when you're a partner, you get a lot, lot more. Um, so again, when you're looking at that, um, there's so much more that you get in terms of value and consistent ongoing support. You know, we never know what's around the corner when it comes to mental health for our organization. So we're there to be your partner to help you with that um, as well. And, and we work with many organizations, as I've said, from large organizations to smaller organizations. And, and really, again, our sort of mission is to try and really help employees with their mental health, but at the same time help you become an extension of the HR department and really sort of help you manage mental health and well-being within your organization as well. 
So with that, guys, if you do want to find out more, if you do want to reach out, as I've said, you know, we're not a partner. We're a partner. We're not a service provider. Definitely sort of reach out. Drop me an email, paulm at everymindatwork.com. Just ping an email. Say I'm interested in the app or I'm interested in a session and, and I'll be able to give you some more pricing, more information, find out more about your organization and how we can help. Um, and again, just putting it out there. We wanted to run an offer on this webinar today. Um, so Ruth, yeah, as Sam said, definitely reach out and we'll be able to give you a bit more information about that as well. And Deanne says, can highly recommend the app. Paul and the team are wonderful. I have some fantastic knowledge and resources. Deanne, thank you. I didn't pay you for that. Um, I appreciate that little sort of testimonial in there as well. So guys, just putting in here, what's been your biggest takeaway for the session? But then more importantly, if you have a question, please put it in the chat box now. Um, I'm going to pull up one of these questions, um, Lloyd, that I sort of saved earlier from Laura. She said, I'd be interested in how we can help and reply to employees asking for loans to help them out of a financial crisis. Have you got anything that you would add to that? Um, so I'd say that, that that could be quite quite a sort of um, quite a tricky one in terms of if, if it was something you had a set provider that you had sort of had, a, had an agreement with, then that I would say could potentially muddy the waters a bit there because if you had an employee that say took a loan out and it was kind of linked linked with not linked with the company but um effectively someone that you kind of recommended that that could could cause problems in the future if it was something that they then sort of went on to sort of have like um further debt issues i mean one of the things that you could look to implement is maybe like a uh potentially a panel um so you could say well look, here's a panel of uh, a panel of say lenders or, or banks that, that we've got a connection with that have said that they're happy to, to talk to talk to our employees and and provide sort of debt advice on from that point of view um because then again it's impartial so they if you've got say three or more then then it's down to them to sort of pick up the phone and, and contact the relevant um the relevant organization yeah i think as well like again it's a sort of quite a broad question but you know if, if people are asking for loans <laughs> It's kind of, again, the educational piece, I guess, around that. Is, is that like, you know, why are they asking for that loan? Is it because, you know, they want to use it to, to clear debt or um, use it to help them financially? Or as you say, is it something they want to do for instant gratification as well? Yeah, I would say as well. I mean, if depending on, because um, it depends on the individual and sort of how you felt about asking them, but you could, um, if you felt comfortable asking them, saying, oh, um, like what, sort of trying to delve a bit deep in terms of what they need the loan for. I suspect if someone is in financial difficulty, that they're, they're probably not going to tell you the real reason why they why they need the money. It will probably be for could be well, I don't know, I'd imagine probably like, oh I'm gonna do some some renovations or buy a new car or, or or something like that. But yeah, that that could be a good sort of starting point. Um because if if um if they feel confident enough then then they may sort of elaborate a bit more and and, and, it, and again, it could could mean that from a signposting point of view, that actually signposting them to get a loan could, could end up um, sort of making things worse. Where it might be, well, actually, look, go and talk to like a debt management debt management charity or so forth. So, yeah. And Caroline's asked uh, the similar question, so hopefully that answers it. Um, Caroline as well. Um, she said recently. Oh, been yeah. Um. I mean, ultimately, it's going to depend on. Um, I guess. I, I mean, I, I I do work with companies where they have lent lent money to individuals and so forth, and I would say it really depends on 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 sort of how. I guess how 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 comfortable um, the, the business felt with that. If it's something that that they weren't, then I would just say, look, unfortunately, 
this is this is our this is our policy or this is the line that we take um if it was potentially i mean the loans that i've seen in the past where, where they have done them it's kind of almost been like a uh, an advance of of sort of like sales commissions and stuff like that so i think it ultimately depends on on how you feel as an organization um but it's probably the only thing that I would say is if you do something for one person, then I would probably expect that there's going to be more that will follow because um, mm-hmm. news travels. So if it's something that I would say, if you're going to do it, adopt it as a, as a company policy um, or, or, or just don't do it at all. Um, and then just sign yeah. people. Um, that's a really, that's a really, really good point. I think it's like it's a hard question because it's probably case by case, isn't it? But you do it yeah. once, and more travels, and more people want the company to loan them money, then you know that's where it can become quite challenging as well. Um, so there's some questions coming in, but before I do that, I also want to echo what a couple of people have said. The, the community that this webinar, these webinars are creating for me gives me goosebumps more than the webinars themselves um and what i mean by that is just to see everyone coming up with their own ideas and sharing stuff in the chat box um is is really really important i equally saw i think it was debbie and someone else like reconnecting and saying i haven't seen you since kodak days i think it was which again kind of made me um giggle to myself but again seeing that community element that these webinars bring i think is really important because I think as 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 people in in HR or um, even if you're just an employee or work within organisations, we can feel quite alone sometimes. And you know, bringing this together in these sessions, I think, sort of, you know, for me, really, really good to see. Um, I've got another question here as well. Um, can you recommend any tools or education sites for children? That was from Amy. Um, Apart from your book that should be coming out soon, right? Um, so, so there are so forget forget the book that's a work in progress um there there are there are some useful tools out there and i'd probably say just as a like a, an additional sort of to add into the resource it'll probably be easy i can just collate some collate some sites that, that can be added on um for people that that they might find useful whether it's for for children um adults etc so it'd probably be easier for me to to collate because i think it's important to not just have like most websites are different so i wouldn't say there's a one one size fit all website they all some kind of cover different bits but there's there's three websites i've got in mind um that i yeah. can play together yeah and i've just seen sam's put in there that he's going to put all of the suggestions that have been added to the chat box into a document and we'll ping that out to all of you via email um so lloyd what we we'll do is we'll include some of those links in that document as well um got another question here from Emily, you mentioned looking for changes in others as a sign of struggling financially. What changes in behaviour can we look out for that might indicate they're struggling financially? I would, I mean, I would, I would signpost that as sort of like just the, the people with just mental well-being, um, sort of maybe me- mental health struggles as well. They they tend to are very interconnected. So again, it could be could be someone that um, it could be like tired every day i mean i I, am um one of the companies that 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 we in in the past basically um i'd heard from some of the other sort of team members that this person was like always always falling asleep um like during team meetings and stuff like that um and they all thought that they'd been sort of like going out partying hard at the weekend and so forth and and eventually they they came and sat down and had a conversation with me and 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 it turned out it was was money worries that, that that were keeping them awake 
Um, so I think just just any change in behaviour, and that doesn't necessarily have to be um, in terms of if someone's ill or late or tired or like mood, mood swings, etc. I mean, if if you've noticed that all of a sudden someone, um, unless they've told you they won the lottery, they start turning up wearing sort of like Louis Vuitton gear every day, and they've bought a brand new. Um, like state of the art car or whatever. If, if if it looks outside of the norm, then I would I would just sort of like try and have a conversation and sort of be in here to listen to because it might be that there's something underlying there. Um, and I would say, um, I, I would just say for those people um, that that are approached that that are approached by staff in general and are approachable people, then then usually they'll they'll be the sorts of people within an organisation that that people will probably tend to tell those things about rather than necessarily like line managers or directors, etc. So tying that back in into sort of like if you've got people that are sort of like mental health first aiders there that if they're approachable people or, or maybe there might just be people within the organisation that you think, well, actually, they seem to be quite popular and, and sort of chatting with people, maybe ask them if they're happy to sort of be like a mental mental health champion or, or, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I think the signs are very hard, aren't they? That, like you said, no one's going to be shouting in the office, I'm in debt or I, I didn't sleep last night because I'm worried about money. So it's those more subtle behaviours, like you say, maybe, you know, feeling tired or not being themselves. Um, you know, in meetings, you also mentioned once when we spoke about, you know, potentially them coming in and saying they don't want to create, you know, contribute to their pension. And typically we might just accept that, but that could be something a lot more underlying underneath that as well, right? Yeah, and and I, and I think um, I know on the, on the sort of chat I've seen a lot about sort of like stress and anxiety and and so forth. Um, I mean, I've I've a few years ago I suffered quite badly with with anxiety, and the one thing that the the one thing that I found with, with anxiety when it was at its worst, your default mindset is that this is the worst thing ever. It's a case of your your mind just sort of goes into overdrive, and you think you're automatically just thinking this is the end of the world. Um, and actually the sort of um, the things that really helped helped me were just, well, A, talking to someone, which is what I went and did. Um, and sort of talking to them, you kind of realise, well, look, well, what, what, what's, what's the likelihood it's going to be the end of the world? And also what are the options available? I think, again, by educating people, people learn what options are available and then they realise that, oh, well, actually, do you know what? This this might not be great, but it's probably not not going to be like the end of the world as as, as we know it. Mm, yeah, it's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> there's an amazing question just coming that I will go to, but just just quickly coming back to those signs. Um, if you was on the last session, you we did the wheel of life exercise, and the wheel of life exercise looks at it's a self awareness exercise, typically highlighting the areas that you feel like you're lacking in a bit more, and you need to focus on a bit more. Um, and obviously financial well-being was was one of those key areas. And I think, as you've just said there, Lloyd, you know, even when we looked at the statistics at the beginning of this session, you know, the likelihood that someone who's financially troubled to deal with anxiety, panic attacks, you know, low mood, depression is is a lot more heightened. So, again, you know, mental health challenges, I think, is kind of like at the top. And then what's the kind of key reasons behind that? And, you know, I, I speak to many, you know, companies that have mental health first aiders and you find out, OK, what's what's the underlying reason that a lot of people might be struggling and financial 
concerns are always up there. It's like a really high percentage. So again, when you're looking at those specific signs and symptoms, I wouldn't say there's, as you say, anything relevant to like money, more so just like in their behaviors, their overall sort of mental health and, and mood as well. Um, this question that um, I wanted to get to, because I just think it's got an interesting question actually. Kay, Kay says, what are your thoughts on having financial first aiders in the workplace? My approach to the role would be purely from a signpost point of view, but are we opening up ourselves to more of a problem? Um, well, well, no, because I think at the end of the day, if do you know what, and talk it so not that it was financial related with with the sort of anxiety and stress that I had, but do you know what one of the one of the one of the biggest and bestest things for me was when that happened. Um, a lot of the stuff that I um, uh, spoke about, I never actually told anyone any, uh, never told anyone before, and actually sitting down and talking to someone. I mean, uh, I, I, I was I was in tears at the end, uh, but it was like it was tears of relief. So I think just having someone there that can basically be impartial. So if you've got a, a company policy to say, well, look, here's, here, these are the signposts and, and you've got say a number of, whether it's debt management charities or signposts to, to several of each potentially, then, um, then I, I would not underestimate um, uh, people people talking and how invaluable that might be just having an ear uh, someone someone to listen to you um because i would imagine chances are if it's going to be financial financial sort of issues or mental well-being issues etc chances are i'd imagine that person probably hasn't told anyone before or spoken to many people about it and again i think that probably goes back to what what we we're talking about earlier in terms of people are just so scared now of being judged um, so I think if they've got a what, what feels ultimately if it feels like a safe place, safe person to talk to, they talk talk to them about sort of financial issues. If it's a financial first aider or a combination of if you've got say a financial first aider and a mental health first aider as two separate sort of roles or whether it's combined into one, um, I would say that that would be be invaluable. I think as well, like just going on the some of the comments I'm seeing as well, it's like you know for us mental health first aiders are you know are effective but at the same time what i truly believe in more is is champions and ambassadors and you know rather than you know this is just us brainstorming financial first aid where it might be come to me when you're when you're willing to talk about your financial struggles like having those champions opening up about their own experiences with money like you know again when you might talk about your own experiences with money and your own concerns that might encourage me to talk about mine as well so um i think it's a really good concept and, and something to to look more into Kay, personally um and like you say could it be ambassadors or champions and and those sharing their stories one of them might be on the financial concerns that they've experienced and how they manage that and that can encourage other people to talk about theirs as well so really really like that question um i think looking at questions i think that's all we're going to get get to today um guys if you want to reach out to me personally paul m at everymindatwork.com that's whether you want the well-being session that's whether you want the three month trial to the app and the partnership that's if you just want to say paul you know, can you help us with this or what's your thoughts on this? Or can you share more information um, to Lloyd? All of that good stuff. Drop me an email. I'm also going to get Sam to pop in that link into the chat box now to that five day video series. But we'll also be sending out, as we've said, a replay to this session. We'll send out the video series um, link as well that you can share with all of your employees. 
And then we're also, by the looks of it, Sam's going to create um, a resource guide of all of the chats, all of the suggestions that are in there as well. Um, Sam, your, your link is going to get flooded in just a minute. I don't know where I can pin that. No, I can't. Um, but Lloyd, anything from you to finish up? I really appreciate your time today. No, um, thank you for um, thank you for inviting me to to host this with you. Um, and and the, the thing that you just previously said, uh, the, the one thing that um, I think I think openly talking about things, whether it's sort of mental mental health, mental well being, financial well being. I think the more that that people talk, or if you if there's people, I would say if there's people within your organisation that have had issues that are happy to talk about it, and maybe sort of um, are, are happy to talk to others. Um, and share their experiences um that that is normally a that normally opens sort of like the floodgates in terms of people people talking um about particular topics um and the only reason i say that i mean if if i take paul as a prime example um when when i when i read paul's book and as i was getting to know him automatically i just felt like a like a massive barrier was broken down and i could just talk to him about um things that had happened to me in the past which i don't think for someone that you've only just just really recently met, I don't think you would typically normally do that. So, in, in terms of how things are at the moment within society, I think the more people can talk about it, the, the better it is going to be for, for everyone, regardless of the, the the topic. Yeah, I believe in that. I believe in that so so much, as you know, Lloyd. Um, good stuff. Really appreciate your time today, guys. And um, we do these monthly sessions. You've already signed up to one. Definitely share the word, spread the word. We do every first Wednesday at 1 p.m. Um, spread the word of these sessions, guys. You've already seen what the community is like in the chat box in particular. So send it to your colleagues. Send it to anyone that you think would benefit from these sessions. And we're going to take your suggestions as well um, and let you know the topic for next month's webinar very soon as well. So, guys, thank you so much. Like I say, do drop me an email if you want to find out more about how we can support you, how we can help you. And if you're interested in that offer of a wellbeing session and then also the free financial wellbeing session with Lloyd as well. Um, guys, just drop me an email, portm at everymindatwork.com. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And Lloyd, thank you once again to you. Um, really, really appreciate it. And thanks to Sam and everyone else doing doing all the bits that they can do in the chat box as well. Um, good stuff. Cheers, Lloyd. Appreciate it, mate. Speak soon. Yeah. Take Bye, care, guys. everyone. Bye.